Welcome to the Spirit of Faith podcast, hosted by Pastor John Ward of Word of Faith International Christian Centre in Toronto. This podcast is a recording of the live broadcast that takes place every Sunday from 8.30pm to 9.30pm Eastern on realityradio101.com. Praise the Lord, everybody. God is good. The devil is defeated and Jesus is Lord. So glad that you are tuning in tonight for the Spirit of Faith radio weekly broadcast. And we're coming live from Toronto. We're just actually east of Toronto, and we're so glad that you've tuned in. I really am going to encourage you right now to invite someone, one of your friends, to join us. You can text them or email them or put us up on Facebook. You can go to my Facebook page. I'm John Ward, J-O-H-N-W-A-R-D on Facebook, and you'll find me there, and I have the graphic for the Spirit of Faith radio broadcast posted. Love for you to follow me on Facebook. I always put a bunch of encouraging Uh, scriptures and words that the Lord gives me um, pretty regularly, several a week, and uh, it'll be a blessing to your life. I really only share what the Lord really puts on my heart, Uh, and that's, you know, that's why we're here. That's why Spirit of Faith Radio Broadcast is here, is to encourage your faith, encourage you in your walk. Um, It was really big in my, my heart this morning to encourage pastors that, you know, the fact that you haven't quit is is half of the success, half of the battle, because sometimes the battle is intense, praise the Lord. Tonight, we're going to talk about spiritual warfare. That's right. We're going to talk about how to overcome deception, and we're going to share with you some of the points that we ministered today at church at Word of Faith Toronto, and the title of the message is The Anatomy of Deception. We did part one today, The Anatomy of of deception and how it works. And so many in the body of Christ get deceived and they get pulled here and they get pulled there. And we're talking about how to walk in freedom from deception. So encourage someone tonight to tune in to us, realityradio101.com. Love to hear from you. You can uh, email us right now at instudio101 at gmail.com. Let us know you're listening. If you have a Bible question, uh, maybe you have a question about our subject tonight on spiritual warfare. Uh, You might have a testimony. You may have uh, something you're going through that you want us to help on. And, uh, you know, if you email us a question and you don't want me to read your name, uh, just put that on there. You know, put something, keep me nameless. uh, But here's my question so that we know, uh, you know, to honor that. And uh, we won't mention your name if you don't want your name mentioned. But we want to answer your question. And I'm a pastor. And, you know, part of my responsibility to the body of Christ is to show you in the word of God the answer to whatever you're going through. The word of God has the answer for every single situation. God has covered everything in his word. There is nothing in the word of God that he has not covered. And when it comes to specific things in our lives, he's also given us his word. But he's given us the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of us. Praise the Lord. He is our guide. He is our helper. Praise the Lord. So once again, you can email us tonight at instudio101 at gmail.com or you can call us toll free 866-905-REAL. Or you can call us worldwide at 866-656-LIPS. All that information is at the bottom of your screen wherever you are logged in. Um, And let's go ahead and pray, and uh, we'll get right into the Word tonight. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful for your love. We thank you that there's no distance in the Spirit. 
And you put such an excitement in my heart tonight to minister this message and to be with this radio audience. Father, I pray you would touch every single one tonight. Let your anointing, Father, right now be released into their lives. Let every yoke be destroyed. Every burden be removed. Let hearts be lifted up. Let depression be removed from their lives. Father, I pray that each of them would be washed by the water of the word, that each of them would be refreshed as they hear the word tonight. Thank you, Father, for this listening audience. I even pray, Father, for miracles, signs, and wonders. I even pray for healings. There's no distance in the Spirit. You can touch each and every one, and they can receive that touch as they release their faith and they trust you. We believe we receive it. Have your way tonight. Think through my mind. Speak through my lips. Say what you want to say to us, your people, and we'll be quick to give you and you alone the praise, honor, and glory for it. In Jesus' name, let everybody shout amen. Amen. Praise God. So once again, you can email us tonight at instudio101 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And we're going to get right into the Word. So open your Bibles. You know how we do it. You need to have your Bible there. And uh, turn in your Bibles to our text. We always start in the same place, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And let's read our text for our radio broadcast, which is verse 13. We, having the same spirit, of faith. Notice that faith is a spirit. Faith is f- comes from the heart. Faith resides inside your heart. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. That's in Psalms 116 verse 10. I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Praise God. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. Praise the Lord. You can probably hear it in my voice tonight. I got the victory. Praise God. Why? Because Jesus is Lord. Now, I want to go to another place tonight to begin with. Go over to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We've looked at this a couple times, but let's look at it again. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Once again, send out a message to your friends on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. If you want the uh, the graphic, just go to my Facebook page and you can copy and, and save the graphic and then you can tweet it or Instagram it or, or whatever you want. And it's the and then you'll know what I look like. Praise God. That's where the uh, the graphic is at my Facebook page. If you need help finding it, just email us. We'll help you. And uh, we're going to First Timothy chapter six. You can also email us tonight. We'd love to hear from you. Just email us at instudio101 at gmail.com. That's instudio101 at gmail.com if you have questions or uh, you just want to tell us you're listening. We'd love to hear from you. Praise the Lord. Uh, Steve writes in here. He says, hello, Spirit of Faith radio show. I'm a brand new listener listening in Athens, Georgia. Praise God. I heard about your radio show from a friend of mine who listens to you every week in New York City. I will let my friends here in Georgia know all about your ministry. Thank you very much, Steve. Hey, man, we're so glad that you tuned in, Steve. We're here tonight. Uh, You know, the awesome thing about this radio show is that the whole purpose is to feed your faith and that it's a live show. And so, you know, when I'm preaching and I'm ministering to a congregation, you can sense many times a pull in, in the realm of the spirit. You can sense an, a pull 
on the anointing. And many times, and including today, um, I preach two services at our church, which is called Word of Faith International Christian Center here in Toronto, Ontario, where we've been here about 16 years now. And you can sense a pull. And, and, and the, the first service is definitely different than the second service. Same message, but different message, if you understand what I mean. Because utterance is dependent upon the hearer. I don't go up there and read a script or read something. I'm always ministering out of the overflow. I'm ministering as the Holy Spirit leads me. I told my congregation today, I don't preach what I want to preach. I never have and I never will. My job is to... Is to be a mouthpiece for God. What he wants me to say, that's what I say. I study to show myself approved, and then I yield myself to Holy Spirit, and then he says what he wants to say. And here's the deal. Because he's speaking through me, and he's doing the work, he's giving me the information, he's giving me the revelation, he's giving me the grace, he's giving me the utterance, I can't take any credit for it. God gets all the glory. And on this radio broadcast, they're, they're, we're not getting anything from you necessarily. We're here to build your faith, to strengthen you, and to help you in your walk with Christ. Praise God. So, Steve, we're so glad that you tuned in. Anybody else wants to write in tonight? We're at instudio101 at gmail.com. Just send us an email. Let us know you're listening. Love to hear from you. And if you have any Bible questions, we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare tonight. Uh, write in. Spiritual warfare is a hot topic, and I'm telling you right now, the body of Christ is in the middle of it, and so many don't understand what spiritual warfare is or how it works. So we're going to get into some stuff tonight. Let's read uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. Notice he says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. The word fight here is the Greek word A-G-O-N-I-Z-O-M-A-I. And I'm not going to try to pronounce it yet. Uh, But this word fight in the Greek means to struggle. To struggle. It means to compete for a prize. How many of you kind of feel like you're going through a struggle right now? You're going through a, a, a bit of a contention. Something, something's going on. It might not be necessarily with a person, but there's a battle going on. Well, you know, right there tells me that you are walking by faith. Because if you're going to walk by faith, Satan is going to do what he can to engage you and to try to stop you in your faith walk. Many times people think that, you know, if everything's going right in their life, then they must be doing something right. But my friend, it's actually the opposite. It, Jesus said this, woe unto you when all men speak well of you. If everything's going good and you're not dealing with some type of, of, of conflict, whether it's in the natural or in the spirit, which it always starts in the spirit, I kind of wonder what your faith walk is like. Four times God says in the word of God, one time in Malachi and three times in the New Testament, he said the just shall live by faith. And notice here he says in 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith. This word means to enter a contest. It means to contend with an adversary. So if you're fighting the good fight of faith and you're contending with an adversary, certainly God is never your adversary. He's never your problem. God's always your answer. I'm going to say that again. God is never your problem. God is always your answer. So don't ever think that he's causing issues in your life. It's the devil. 
And the Bible here says that uh, from this word fight in the Greek, that he is an adversary contending with you to steal. What does he want to steal? Well, the Bible says in John 10, 10, that the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The enemy is coming to steal your faith because first John five tells us that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. You're only going to win by faith. You know, sometimes people think they can get an answer to God by, by getting, you know, a thousand people to pray for them. Let's get a prayer chain going. Let's get everybody and their brother to pray for me. And hopefully one of those prayers will get through. My friend, you're totally missing it. That is not how it works. The Bible says that when Daniel sought, sought and he prayed to God for an answer, that God answered Daniel the first day he prayed. But for 21 days, the prince of Persia was stopping the angel from bringing the answer to Daniel. There is a war in the heavenlies. There is spiritual warfare going on. And Satan is doing everything he can to contend with you and to stop you from receiving from God. But my friend, the Bible says that greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. You've got God Almighty, the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer, the Holy Spirit has come to reside inside your spirit and he will will cause you to overcome every single time if you will trust him. Let me pause for one second and say hello to Alexis. I love that the Lord tells you what to preach. I have had experience where my past pastors talked about their own personal agenda regarding the word. It was basically the exact same sermon week after week. You are so refreshing. Thanks for that. Well, praise the Lord. And I don't try to toot my own horn. And one thing I was encouraging the congregation about today is I was thanking them for praying for me because prayers are critically important. And so praying for your pastor is really important. And uh, if you don't believe you're at the right church, you, you need to seek the Lord. Don't just leave because, you know, your head is telling you that the pastor is this or the pastor is that. No, you know, and sometimes pastors also go through rough seasons. And so that's where you really need to pray for them. I'm not saying make an appointment, go tell them all their failures and faults. No, go before God and pray. God will answer your prayer. James 5 tells us that the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Your pastor needs you to pray for him. Praise God. And so pray for your pastor, encourage your pastor. And, uh, you know, it, it's more than a notion to be a pastor, I'm telling you. And if you think you're going through spiritual attacks, the pastor also goes through spiritual attacks, but at a higher level, because Satan knows that if he can get to the shepherd, then he can scatter the sheep. And so there is a bullseye on that pastor constantly. And, and here's also how spiritual warfare works. If Satan cannot get to you directly, then he will try to get to the people around you and discourage you. So you don't just pray for the pastor's for the pastor, but pray for the pastor's wife, pray for the pastor's children, pray for the people in the pastor's life, because Satan will do everything he can to stop the word from coming forth. But I'm telling you right now, it ain't going to work. Not in my life and not in your life in Jesus name. Holy Spirit, as a matter of fact, before I tell you what I'm about to tell you, go to Ephesians chapter four. Go to Ephesians chapter four. While you're turning to Ephesians four, uh, we'd love to hear from you tonight. You can email us at instudio101 
at gmail.com. That's instudio101 at gmail.com. Praise God. Turn over there to Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to look at verse 30, Ephesians 4, verse 30. And he says here, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. You say, I thought we were going to talk about spiritual warfare. We are, but i got to lay a foundation. And you need to understand that in spiritual warfare, it's not just you. It's you and God. And you and God make a majority. And inside your spirit, which is where Holy Spirit lives, Romans chapter 8 tells us that if you have not the spirit of Christ, you are none of his. Well, the spirit of Christ is Holy Spirit. The the anointing that was on Jesus's life is Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit is just as much God as the Father and just as much God as Jesus. There are three persons in one Godhead. And the mighty Holy Spirit is living in the spirit of every born-again believer. Whether you are baptized in the spirit and speak in tongues, or you don't, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside your spirit the moment you get born again. I've talked to many wonderful Christians, you know, some Baptists and some others, and they don't believe in the Holy Spirit, but they love God with all their heart. Well, why don't they believe in the Holy Spirit? Because they they have not received that word in the Bible as truth. Jesus said in, in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in, Ju- in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And Acts 2, 4 says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they all began to speak in tongues. And they say, well, that passed away 2,000 years ago. Well, my friend, there is no such thing as passing away. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why do they believe that? Why do they believe the Holy Spirit has passed away? Because Satan has put a lie into their thinking and they believe that, that, that God's word has changed, that God has somehow changed. Let me give you another scripture. Malachi 3 verse 8, uh, verse 6, excuse me, Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord and I change not. God doesn't change. So the same one who sent the Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost The Holy Spirit is still here today and is still filling people. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Satan wants to do everything he can to keep you from believing the truth because he wants you to live a powerless life. He don't want you to walk in power because the moment you get power is the moment you're going to bust his head. That's the moment you're going to kick him out of your life. You're going to use your authority, drive him out of your family's life, is the, when, is the moment that you get filled with that power. And so he wants to keep you in this place of deception. Let me take just a, a quick moment here and say hello to Ari. Ari says, Pastor, why doesn't God just get rid of or defeat the devil? I heard it all regarding answers to this question, and to me, they all sound like cop-outs. What is the real truth? Thank you. So this is a, take a little bit of time to really get into this answer, but it's also relatively quite simple. God is not going to get rid of the devil for us. What God has done is he has defeated the devil. 
When Jesus was raised from the dead, he spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly triumphing over them. He has defeated the devil. The devil is already doomed. He has already um, been given a judgment of execution. And he is going to be locked up for a thousand years. Satan is going to be locked up in the bottomless pit for a thousand years during the millennial reign of Christ. And at the end of the millennial reign of Christ, he will be released from his pit for a season. We don't know exactly how long, but the purpose is to deceive the nations. If you're just tuning in, we're going to be talking tonight about the anatomy of deception. Satan will be released to deceive the nations. You say, well, why would God do that? If, if, if Jesus defeated the devil 2,000 years ago and he is defeated, which he is right now, he is spoiled. He is defeated in, in the life of believers. Praise God. Um, you're, you're in Ephesians 2. No, you're in Ephesians 4. Back up to Ephesians 2. And look at here in, in verse uh, 1. And you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in times past you walked according to the prince, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. He is working in the children of disobedience. Jesus also talked about the prophecy being fulfilled by Isaiah that in seeing they don't see. And hearing they don't hear, lest at any time I should heal them. Why? Why does God do that? Why doesn't God just heal everybody? Why doesn't God just save everybody? It's very simple. Because God will not force his will on anyone. The reason that we are still here, Second Peter says this. He says that God is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness. But God is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any perish, but that all come to the knowledge of the truth. I hope you're listening right now because I'm getting to the climax here. God's not willing that any perish, but that all come to the knowledge of the truth. But what has to happen? People have to believe. God's not going to force his will on anybody. If people want to go to hell, God will let them go to hell. If people want to receive God's offer, offer, you could also use the word gift, gift of salvation, they can receive that gift. And God is using you and I as believers to share our faith, to tell people about Jesus, to pray for them, to break the devil off of their lives, to break his, his lies off their mind. The Bible says that they had been blinded in their minds and blinded in their hearts that they shouldn't receive the glorious gospel of the truth. They don't receive it because of that blindness that's there. You, you probably, I don't know, some of you out there might have seen the movie The Matrix, and in this movie, The Matrix, the whole world was lying in deception. They're all living in deception. And then God, well, I shouldn't say God, but in the movie, there's these group of people that come that have the truth. And they're waking people up. And they say, if you take the green or the blue pill, you will, uh, your, your eyes will be open and you'll see the truth. And if you take the, the whatever pill, you'll, you'll go back living a life of deception. And God is saying, here's the truth. But you have to make a decision to receive the truth. And that's why we're still here, because God is not willing that any perish, but that all receive eternal life. But it's not up to God. How many people does God want to go to hell? Only Satan 
and his demons, and they're not people. I said they're not people. They are fallen angel, Lucifer, his fallen angel, one-third of the other angels that were deceived, that are doomed for eternity, and then all the millions of demons. They will spend eternity in the lake of fire. But people were never supposed to go to hell. They go to hell because our great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather and grandmother messed up in the garden. And as a result, all their children were born eternally dead. And as a result, we have to receive a Savior, and his name is Jesus. God sent Jesus because he loved us so much so that we could be saved. Praise God. So I hope that helps you. Let me say hello to Brad. Brad says, hi, Pastor, I'm a believer in all of the Lord's word. But the speaking in tongues stuff is silly to me. Amen. Um, I do not get it. It sounds like a person just making silly noises and talking nonsense. What do folks uh, What do folks try to do that? It is silly. Well, do you believe, Brad, that the word of God is silly? I, I think you'll say, of course not. It's not silly. Well, the word of God is very clear. Uh, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul says, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. Was Paul silly? Paul also said, I would that you all spoke in tongues. Is that silly? 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2 says, He that speaks in a tongue, in an unknown tongue, speaks not unto men but unto God. Is that silly? The Bible also says that God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the to confound the wise. You're trying to understand spiritual things with your mind, and that's why you think they're silly. See, spiritual things are spiritually discerned. What does it mean to be spiritual? Very simple. It means to believe God's word. That, that's what it is. So if you believe tongues is silly, then every place that there is a mention of tongues, you are either crossing it out in your Bible or you're just blinded to see it. And like I said a few minutes ago, the enemy is trying to keep you from receiving the fullness of the power that God intends for you to walk in. Now, if you don't want to receive the Holy Spirit, you know, God bless you. But I'm telling you that, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. And he said in his word, he told them in Luke 24, verse 49, he said, go wait in Jerusalem until you were endued or go wait and go tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. What was he saying? Don't go do anything. No, don't go do anything else. Don't go preach to anybody. Don't go pray for anybody. You need to go and wait until you receive power from on high. And they went and they waited in the upper room for 10 days and the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. And he has been here ever since. And he's filling people every single day. I was at um, a, a particular ministry. Well, I'll just tell you, I ministered at Teen Challenge uh, just a few days ago in London. Wonderful group of men. And uh, some of them, you know, they didn't believe in speaking in tongues, but God had me minister on the Holy Spirit. And eight men came down, nine men came down. Eight of them received, well, they, I believe they all received the Holy Spirit, but eight of them began to speak in other tongues. So you can't tell me that, that God is filling all these people, including me. I pray in tongues every single day. That, that God is not doing it today because he is. So take God at his word. Go and look at the scriptures. Read all the scriptures. Um, I was going to send you an email, 
uh, with these verses. I'm trying to think how to do that. Go if you go to my Facebook page after this show, I will text. I will put up on Facebook. Uh, about eight scriptures on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. My Facebook page is John Ward, and you can put in John Ward Toronto, and you should see me. You'll also see the Spirit of Faith um, uh, flyer that we have up there. And, and I'll, Gary will remind me as soon as we're done, and I'll put that up there at the end. Uh, but thank you for writing in. I love you. You know, you don't get filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, you, I'm still going to see you in heaven. But I want to see you receive everything God's got for you. Praise the Lord. Uh, Claudette, just wanted to say that I absolutely love your radio broadcast. Such a refreshing teaching. Praise God, Claudette. We're so glad you tuned in tonight. If you'd like to write in tonight to the Spirit of Faith radio broadcast and let us know that you're listening or you have a Bible question, or maybe you've already written in and I didn't answer your question uh, to your satisfaction, just write us back and we would love to uh, speak with you on the radio tonight. You can also call in at 866 905 real uh, or email us at instudio101 at gmail.com. Now, we're in Ephesians chapter 4 talking about the help of the Holy Spirit, and we're talking about the anatomy of deception and how deception works. Ephesians 4.30 in the New Living Translation says this, And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. But you've got to work with the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, my, my brother a few minutes ago, he said that speaking in tongues is silly. And I totally get it. I, I remember when I first started speaking in tongues, my language was ba 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 ba, and I'm like, "What in the world is this?" It's like this is silly. I'm making this up. My head was going berserko, but I believe God's word, and because I believe God's word, I believed His word more than my head. Are you listening tonight? I believed His word more than I believed my head. Do I need to say that one more time? One for the Father, one for the Son. Here's one for the Holy Ghost. I believe God's word more than I believe my head. Don't believe your head. Your head will lie to you. Believe God's word. You've got the Holy Spirit on the inside who's trying to help you. And sometimes what he tells you to do might seem silly. Spiritual things sometimes sound silly. The preaching of the gospel is foolishness to them that are lost. But to us that is, are saved, it's the power of God unto salvation. Thank God for preaching. I wouldn't be saved today without preaching. Thank God for preaching. God chose the foolishness of preaching to save those that are lost. Praise God. Amen. Now, I want, I want to skip. I was going to go to 2 Corinthians 10. If you want to hold a finger there, you can. But go over to Romans chapter 8. I want to go there. Because if we don't get a hold of our mind, the enemy is going to make mincemeat out of us. The battle that we deal with in spiritual warfare is in the mind. Okay, on second thought. Go to 2 Corinthians 10, and then we'll go to Romans chapter 8. Go to 2 Corinthians 10, and let's look at verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Please turn there if you can. If you're driving, don't turn there. But if you're not driving, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. While you're doing that, I'd love to hear from you tonight. You can email us at instudio101 at gmail.com instudio101 at gmail.com. Send a text message or an email or uh, put us on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Let your friends know that we are live on the air. Love to have them join in with us tonight. Praise God. Uh, 
We're believing God for 10,000 listeners. And every single week, contrary to some doubtful people, we have gone up in our numbers every single week. Praise God. Okay, so uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We're talking about spiritual warfare. We're talking about the anatomy of deception. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Underline that word in your Bible, strongholds. Casting down, underline that word, casting down. Now, by the way, if you don't have a Bible you can write in, throw that Bible out or give it to somebody. Get yourself a Bible you can write in. Your Bible is your owner's manual. Your Bible is your instructions in life. And, and, and like my brother Ari was saying earlier, sometimes it's foolish. And I got it. Totally got it. I've been accused of being a fundamentalist. And I put both hands up and say, absolutely, I am a fundamentalist. I take God at his word. I believe his word 100%. The word of God was never meant for your head. The Bible's not for your, for your head. The Bible is for your spirit. Jesus said, the words I say unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So spiritual, the, the word of God being spirit is for your spirit. Remember, we have the same spirit of faith. We believe, therefore we speak. It doesn't say that we understand all the time, that, that we completely agree all the time, but we believe. We are called believers. Christians are believers. And so we choose to believe God's word and take him at face value regardless of what our senses are telling us. Your senses might be like, man, you can't be healed. The doctor said you got stage four cancer. And I'm not calling the doctor a liar, but I'm calling that report a lie. Isaiah 53 says, whose report will you believe? And what's the answer? We shall believe the report of the Lord. His report says we are healed. So are you going to believe God or are you going to believe what the doctor's report says? This is where you have to make a choice. The just shall live by faith. So once again, he says the weapons of our warfare are not natural, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Underline strongholds. Casting down. Underline casting down. Imaginations. Underline imaginations. And every high thing. Every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought, underline the word thought, to the obedience of Christ and having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I'm going to give you some definitions real quick for these four words. So get a pen and paper and I'm going to give you definitions for these four words. Uh, let me say hello here real quick. Um, uh, this is from Gwen. Hi, Pastor. A question sort of off topic. Since many children die as soon as they are born, what's the purpose of a newborn baby who dies after some minutes? Why does God give or insert a soul to children who die as soon as they are born? Thank you for your answer. Well, you know, children die not because of God's will. God's will is that all children live and that everybody lives uh, forever. However, because we live in this sinful world, Sin is what produces death. And when children are born and, and they've got these different things going on, there are many times, of course, that they do die. However, the child, the spirit of the child goes to heaven and lives for eternity. And so uh, the scripture tells us in First John that 
for this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. I, I'm not, I, wanna, I don't want to get off topic too much, but I'll give you a quick testimony. My son, Gary's never heard this story either. My son was born in Austin, Texas, and he, his mother, uh, my wife Cheryl, went into labor three and a half weeks early. And we went to the hospital. It was really a bunch of miracles happened uh, regarding this, but I'm just going to skip to the punch. We got to the hospital, and again, she's three and a half weeks early, and the, the, my son in her womb dropped from the very top all the way down into the birth canal in just a few minutes. And so it never went through that process of the fluid being pushed out of the lungs, et cetera, et cetera. And when he was born, his lungs were full of fluid and he was not breathing. He came just a few hours after she went into labor and he was not breathing. He was blue, uh, no chest rise. And when they when he came out, they immediately put him over on a little table next to where she delivered him and hooked him up to the monitor. And his heart rate was dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. His heart rate went down to 60 and they called a code blue. Everybody and their brother came in and I held his foot and I said, I plead the blood of Jesus over you. You will live and not die. I command you to breathe in the name of Jesus. And in just a few seconds, he turned pink right as I'm holding his foot, turned pink without having taken one breath. And we know babies are born blue or, or, or that kind of that color a lot of times because they don't have um, a lot of oxygenation. And when you don't have oxygen, you turn blue. He was blue. As I'm holding his foot before he ever took a breath, before any oxygen ever went in him, he turned pink. God saved him right there. But I am 100% convinced that if I had not used my authority in the name of Jesus, if I had not prayed, he would have died. And he would have been one of those statistics, Gwen, that you're talking about right now. It is not God's will for children to die. It's God's will that we live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Praise God. Amen. So now back to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let me give you these definitions. Um, if you'd like to write us tonight, you can write us at instudio101 at gmail.com. If you have a question, a comment, a praise report, just let us know you're listening. Instudio101 at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And um, we're talking about spiritual warfare. We're talking about the anatomy of deception. And I'm about to break it down for you right now. Here's how it works. Once again, let me read the, these verses in chapter uh, 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verses I'll just read verses uh, four and five. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Now that word carnal means sense ruled, body ruled. Your, your weapons are not natural, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now here's the first definition for thought. The word thought is the Greek word noema, N-O-E-M-A, noema. Noema means a mental perception or a thought, a mental perception. You, say, you perceive something mentally. Like my brother uh, earlier, Ari, he said that tongues seem silly. Well, that's a mental perception. And I'm telling you right now, thoughts come from one of two places, folks. Th thoughts either come from God or they come from the devil. There's no in-between. There's no difference. There's no such thing as a new thought. Thoughts either come from God 
which are are pure and holy or thoughts are perverted, twisted, made wicked by the devil. That's where thoughts come from, either from God or from the devil. And so this mental perception, tongues is silly. Well, what's that going to do? That's going to rob you of faith because the scriptures say exactly the opposite. As a matter of fact, Jude says in verse 20, but you beloved building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's praying in tongues, praying in the spirit. Praise God. So the first part of this anatomy of deception is understanding that thought is that one word, that one thought that comes to you, that mental perception. Number two, imaginations. Imaginations is the Greek word logismos. Logismos means reasoning, reasoning. So he says casting down imaginations, casting down reasonings. So a cell, if you were talking about a cellular organism, like let's say a sperm, you, you have a sperm that, that then goes into the egg and begins the process of mitosis or cell multiplication. But in order for it to begin to multiply, you have to have that one cell in the right environment. It goes into that egg and then it begins to multiply. Praise the Lord. Logismos or reasoning is multiple thoughts per, put together to form a thought process. Imaginations. Thought forms imaginations. And now we have the third word, strongholds. Strongholds is the Greek word okiroma. Okiroma, O-C-H-Y-R-O-M-A, means a castle or an organized group of imaginations that produce actions. Strongholds is a castle. What's a castle? It's a full-size mansion with rooms and bathroom, washrooms, bathrooms, and, and a garage and, and everything else. It's all put together. So a stronghold is, is all these imaginations working together to produce an action. What does he say to do with imaginations? Cast them down. So I'm so glad Ari wrote into us because this is exactly what we're talking about. Your thought is, and when you hear it with your ears, tongues is silly. It's silly. That's what, that's what your mind tells you. That's a stronghold. And what's that stronghold going to do? That stronghold is going to keep you from receiving the truth of God's word. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're all saying amen right now. See, Satan wants to set up these strongholds in your thinking to keep you in bondage, keep you from receiving the promises of God. Praise the Lord. And then with this, this word cast down, casting down is the Greek word katharéo, katharéo, K-A-T-H-A-I-R-E-O, katharéo means to refute, to refute, tongues are silly, tongues are silly, tongues are silly, refute it, how do you refute it? With the word of God, you got to replace it with God's word, take his word at face value, you might be like God, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm having a hard time with it, but it's your word. And because it's your word, I'm going to believe it. Because it's your word, I'm going to honor it. Because it's your word, I'm going to take it and protect it and put it in my heart. I'm going to guard your word. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, guard your heart with all diligence. Get that word of God in you. He says, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life 
to those that find them and health or medicine to all their flesh. God wants to produce blessing in your life. But Satan wants to set up these castles. He wants to set up these strongholds to stop the word from working in your life. Tongues is silly. Tongues is silly. God doesn't heal today. The gifts of the spirit aren't for today. All these lies. What do you got to do? Cast down imaginations. Pull them down. Praise God. Go with me to uh, Romans chapter 8. Let me say hello to Irene. Irene says, praise our Lord. Pastor, this is an amazing story regarding your son. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Bless you and your family, Pastor. God is so good. I mean, I could tell you, Irene, testimony after testimony of the goodness and the power of God. Praise God. When you serve God, man, you serve a supernatural God, and you'll see supernatural things in your life. And when Satan comes in, the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up a standard against him. God, God's word always works, and his word will produce power. His word will produce change. Praise the Lord. If you want to write into us tonight, we still got a few minutes left. You can write into instudio101 at gmail.com. There's still time to let your friends know to tune in. You can go to my Facebook page, John Ward, and you can um, find my, uh, it, it should be my last post, which is the flyer for the um, Spirit of Faith radio broadcast, and share it. Save it, share it, put it on Instagram, whatever. Let folks know that we are here every Sunday night at 830. Also, if you want to hear more preaching and you want to listen to any of our messages, you can do that free of charge by going to wordoffaithtoronto.com. Write that down, wordoffaithtoronto.com. And you can uh, listen, download and listen to any of our messages. You can watch all of our services in their fullness uh, music and everything. We buy the licenses for the music, so you can you can to, you can watch the whole service at any time that you want by going to wordoffaithtoronto.com. If you still want to write into us tonight, let us know you're listening. We'd love to hear from you. You can write into instudio101 at gmail.com. We're talking tonight about the anatomy of deception and how it works. We are looking at our scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5, that says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, that word carnal, what does that mean? Have you ever heard of a carnal Christian? Have you ever heard of a spiritual Christian? Sometimes people think, well, a spiritual Christian is someone that goes to church five times a day. I didn't say five times a week. Five times a day. They, they got their eyes rolled in the back of their head. You know, they got 17 crosses around their neck. They got four Jesus pins on their on their shirts, and that's a spiritual person. No, man, that ain't a spiritual person. Most likely, and now I don't mean to hurt anybody, and I'm not trying to diss nobody, but most likely that's a carnal Christian because carnality is all about the flesh. It's all about the outside. Spirituality is all about the inside. There's a difference between being carnal and, and being spiritual. A carnal person discerns everything by their physical senses. The word carnal, it means body ruled. R-U-L-E-D, body ruled. It means you are ruled by your body. Your body tells you to do something, you do it. Your body feels this, you do it. Your sense ruled. The Bible says that they that are in the flesh or in the carnal mind cannot please God. Let's look at this verse here in Romans. Did you find Romans chapter 8? Romans chapter 8, and let's look at verse 4. 
that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who, circle that word who, because he's talking about who the righteousness of, of the laws is fulfilled in. Now, what do you mean the righteousness of the law? He said the righteousness of the law is fulfilled in us. But what does that mean? I, I didn't think we were under the law. I thought we were under grace. We are under grace. But notice here that when you are under grace, that you are you are someone who fulfills the law by walking in righteousness. The word law is the, the he, now this is, of course, the New Testament is Greek, but in the Old Testament, which would be the same as the New Testament, but it's a different word. In the Old Testament, it's, the, it's a Hebrew word. And you probably heard this word before. It's the Hebrew word Torah. Torah, T-O-R-A-H. Have you heard that word, Gary? I have. Uh, Torah is Jewish Bible, uh, the the, the uh, Old Testament, I exactly. believe. Exactly. So Torah would specifically be referring to the first five books of the Old Testament, which would be Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And, and Torah is translated law or the law of Moses. But now the definition for Torah is really important. The word Torah means teachings and instructions teachings and instructions have the teachings and instructions of god been done away with no now the the law has been done away with the law has been abolished if you will and and a better word to use would be the law has been fulfilled jesus said i have not come to destroy the law i've come to fulfill the law jesus is the only man that ever kept the word of god to every single statute and every single um oracle that was in there he kept it without sin he kept it and he fulfilled the law. But now in the New Testament, does that mean there's no more teachings and instructions? Of course not. There are, there are actually more teachings and instructions in the New Testament than there were in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there are 613 mitzvahs or 613 commandments. In the New Testament, there's 1,050 and remember the beginning of today's uh, radio broadcast. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside whose job is to preserve us holy. He's working in us. He's giving us the word of God so that we can act on that word and walk in righteousness and walk in holiness. So he says, I'm in Romans chapter eight, verse four, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who circle that word who? Because he's now going to explain to you who is fulfilling the law who walk in excuse me who walk not after the flesh but walk after the spirit let me take two seconds and say hello to jake howdy from knoxville tennessee just wanted to say hello and love the show thank you jake we're so glad you tuned in so we're in romans chapter 8 verse 4 we're talking about what does it mean to be carnal we're talking about spiritual warfare. We're talking about casting down imaginations and, and, and pulling down strongholds. How do you pull down a stronghold? You cast down imaginations and you take every thought captive. This is spiritual warfare. Christians are deceived because they believe lies, whether it's from their own mind or whether it's from other people. You know, the old saying is grandma taught it and we bought it. Just because someone told you that God said this or told you that God said that, you better not settle for that. I tell my congregation almost every week, never believe the words of a preacher. 
If they can't show you in the Bible, you're under no obligation to receive it. You need to go to the Word of God yourself. Multiple times the Bible says, let no man deceive you. If you get deceived, it's because you were self-deceived. You cannot blame anybody for deception. You have to take the responsibility to open up the Bible and read it for yourself. I apologize if I'm being too strong for some of you, but praise God. It's the truth anyhow. He says that the in verse 4, Romans 8, 4, the righteousness of the law is fulfilled in us. And, and who is us? Who is us? Who walk not after the flesh? That word flesh could be replaced with carnal, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind, the word phroneo, which means to exercise the mind. The Greek word for do mind is the Greek word phroneo. Phroneo means to exercise the mind. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about all the time? Does your mind wander? Is your mind always over here and over there? Satan likes to pull your strings. He'll bop you up one side of the head with a thought and then bop you up the other side of the head with a thought. And you need to find out, is this a carnal thought or is this a spiritual thought? If it's a carnal thought, it's not coming from God. It's either coming from you because it's already in there or it's coming from the devil. A new thought. Well, not a new thought, but you know what? You know, understand what I'm saying. A demonic thought, a thought from demons. You say demons. Are there really demons? Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I meet a lot of people that believe in, in the devil more than they believe in God because this earth is so filled with demons, praise the Lord. But the earth is also filled with his glory, praise God. So he says here in verse 5, For they that are after the flesh do meditate, think about, exercise the mind on things of the flesh. What are things of the flesh? Anything that's not spiritual, anything that's connected to this sense realm. But they that are after the spirit, do mind or think about the things of the spirit. What does it mean to be spiritual? It means to believe the word and do the word. Believe the word and do the word. What does it mean to be carnal? Don't believe the word. Don't do the word. Don't believe the word. Don't do the word. You're a carnal person. You're a spiritual person. Believe the word. Do the word. You're spiritual. You can become spiritual right this moment. Right at this moment, you can become a spiritual person. You can say, God, I repent of everything that's not pleasing to you. I ask you to reveal to me those areas that I need to make adjustments. And I choose from this moment forward, I am going to believe your word and I'm going to do your word. Come on, say it. I'm going to believe your word and I'm going to do your word from this moment forward. You have now entered into becoming a spiritual person. Spiritual person is not someone who does outward gyrations, outward stuff, you know, shaking this and shaking that. No, that ain't that doesn't make you spiritual. What makes you spiritual is when you when you hear the word and you do the word. You're a doer of the word. And that also makes you a blessed person. Verse six. I'm in Romans chapter eight, verse six. We still got just a few minutes left. If you want to email us tonight, we'd love to hear from you in studio 101 at gmail.com. That's in studio 101 at gmail.com. Or you can call in toll free 866-905-REAL. We're in Romans chapter eight, verse, verse six, talking about the anatomy of deception. For to be carnally minded, to be carnally minded, Minded. If you're carnally minded, you can write this down too. Carnally minded means you are not submitted to God. So somebody earlier, they wrote in about tongues is silly. Well, I can give you scripture after scripture after scripture. 
that that talks about God's will to fill every believer with the Holy Spirit, with the physical evidence of speaking in tongues. So to say it's silly simply means you're carnal minded. That doesn't make you a bad person, doesn't make you evil, but it makes you susceptible to the lies of the devil. And if you are susceptible to the lies of the devil and you listen to those lies, you will become deceived. Remember, all deception is self-deception. For to be carnally minded or not submitted to God is death. You don't want to die, you want to live. You know, sometimes we get so stubborn and we're like, well, my, my religion, my, my faith believes this and believes that. My friend, if you're a Christian, we all have the same belief. We're supposed to. If you read Ephesians chapter 4, 11 and 12, God gave the ministry gifts so that it would become for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry. Till we all come into the unity of the faith. That means one faith, all believing the same thing. If you're believing something different, you're, 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 you're carnal. If you're not believing the same thing, line upon line, what the Bible teaches, you're carnal. Second um, Peter chapter, or, excuse me, First Peter chapter one says that no scripture is of any private interpretation. I don't care if the Baptists say one thing and the Pentecostals say one thing and and the um, Catholics say one thing. If they're saying different things, they are carnal. No pri- no scripture is of any private interpretation. I don't care if you got three letters next to your name, PhD. For all I know, PhD stands for post hole digger. Because if you are teaching that the Bible has different interpretations, that's about what your education should amount to. Nothing. Spiritually minded means that you believe God's word and you act on God's word. Praise God. Let me say hello to Larry. Larry says, your insight on faith is amazing. I am one of those who see the devil at work in everything that we try to do. Can we ever get a break from him? If so, how? I pray constantly and ask the Lord for help. But the devil, but this devil is still there. It is frustrating. I understand the attacks of the enemy. But one thing you got to understand, Larry, is that God has given you authority as a believer. Luke 10 19 says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means will harm you. Praying and asking God to take the devil away ain't going to work. If you read 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I think it's chapter 10, let me tell you real quick, you'll find that Paul was also dealing with the devil a messenger of Satan, a thorn in the flesh. And three times he asked the Lord to remove this from his life. And, and it's in Second um, Corinthians chapter 12. And God didn't answer him until the third time. And finally, the Lord said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. And then Paul says in the same verse, most gladly, therefore, will I rejoice in my infirmities that the power of God may rest upon my life. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. I take pleasure in, in weaknesses, in, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. We've been given power in the name of Jesus to command the devil to shut up, to command him to remove his hand from our lives. So, yes, pray. Yes, fellowship with God. But then understand that you then have to use your authority and you have to then... Um, push the devil 
back. Praise God. You have the authority, Larry. And so I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, open Larry's eyes. Show him what to do. Show him how to use his authority in the name of Jesus. We're about to close another wonderful broadcast tonight. Please do find my Facebook page, John Ward. I'm in Toronto. And I'm going to put up the uh, scriptures regarding the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how to receive power. Praise God. Know that we love you. We'd love to have you tune in again next week. Let your friends know that we are on every Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also go and listen to any of our messages at wordoffaithtoronto.com. That's wordoffaithtoronto.com. And you can find me on Facebook, John Ward, J-O-H-N-W-A-R-D. And you can follow me there, and I'll encourage your faith uh, on a weekly basis. Praise God. Until next week, my friend, know that we love you. God loves you. The devil is defeated, and Jesus is Lord. Thank you for joining us for the Spirit of Faith podcast with your host, Pastor John Ward of Word of Faith Toronto. If you enjoyed the podcast and want to know more, please go to wordoffaithtoronto.com. Kindly rate and review us on the podcast app that you use. Your support is appreciated.